Welcome to the Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. Thursday, June 15th. Welcome to the Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. I'm Jamal Cox and I'm with the honorary fourth Jokic brother, Justin Kelly. Say hi to the people. What's up, JC? Another Thursday in Little Owl Studios. Quite a weekend. The uh, the Jokic brothers, yeah, nice, big, strong Serbian lads. This What a time to be Serbian these days. <laughs> we got the two Jokers, tennis and basketball. New coach of the Raps is a Serbian. I'm looking through my lineage to see if I have any chance oh, at a Serbian passport oh, right now. Good. If I can just ride that, that bandwagon with everybody else. You do need you do need a Serbian jersey. We were talking jerseys last <laughs> week, and I took a little heat, if I'm being honest. But I stand by my comments. Nice little Serbian jersey, a little. You're actually you spent a little time in the Czech Republic, so maybe something, something European for you, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Just a nice like weird number two, like a forty six or something mm, on it. Yeah, fitting, <laughs> fitting. Um, how are you doing, pal? How are things? I'm doing good, man. Just. Made it to Thursday. Really happy. It's been a busy week. Been grinding out some stuff, staying busy, playing some tennis, uh, going out with the family to the movies. But I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Any uh, $20 cocktails in your last week? <laughs> Since we last spoke, you know what? I did have a really nice cocktail. Actually, I want to shout this place out. All right. I think it's called the Sedona Cafe. It's on the corner of Foul Bay and, oh, I'm drawing a blank. But if you're in the, the Victoria vicinity, it's in Oak Bay, and it's right past Oak Bay High School. It's right in the corner. You blink, you miss it. Um, I think Balker might be the cross street. Sure. Now it's coming back sure. to me. Not Bristol, but Balker. And uh, anyway, we uh, we walked up there on Saturday night, and I had this drink. It was really good. It was a mango margarita, mm. and it was really fruitful like really juicy like with the mango flavoring i don't know what they did but it was really really good mango margarita yeah that was my nickname in high school (laughs) i'm not gonna ask why (laughs) don't (laughs) but that was delicious really good we walked down the street to prima strada after that and then i had a um spagliato that was good as well and both of those were sorry what was that last word spagliato Mm, not familiar with that. Can you explain that, please? Yeah, it's a Negroni, mm-hmm. um, and it's got, I think, uh, maybe Prosecco. Uh, I'll have to check effort and get the team on that. Yeah. But it's it's got those uh, Negroni qualities with a little bit of fizz, basically. Let's go back to that mango margarita. And you're <laughs> saying there's like some quality chunks of fruit, like it was fruit forward? Yeah, it was mm. fruit forward, like mm. really juicy. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I was just like, okay, this, I'm getting more of the mango than I am like the tequila or like any of the other elements. Sounds delightful. And it was so good. And it was like the juice too. You know how you can drink some cocktails and they feel thin? Like it feels like it's just not... Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't have the viscosity you're looking for. Well said. Thank you. This did. It felt like, okay, this is a sipper. Like, I'm taking my time Mm -hmm. with this. I'm going to enjoy it. Cherishing all, whatever, $16, $18 of this. (laughs) $17.75 plus tip. There's a 20. Yeah. And I actually, to the point where uh, when the the waitress came back, Julia said to her, she's like, oh, you know what? He loves this margarita. It's one of his favorites he's had in town. And just really wanted to, you know, say thank you for that. And she was just like, oh, I made that with my hands. That was great. Yeah, of course, with her hands. But she's like, I made it myself. Yeah. And I was just like. With my own hands. With my own My own hands. two hands. <laughs> own two or hands. three. <laughs> it was only two. Okay. But um, so, you know, it was kind of this indirect compliment. So she was really like like feeling good and it was nice. good vibes. 
it was a really funny spot by the way one thing i will say about it it was like we were there was like it's small and there was like a family uh teenagers parents and then there were everybody else there was probably over the age of 55 60 yeah oak bay classic oak bay and they they kind of definitely were like checking us out when we walked in and it was kind of like what i don't i don't know you from the club what Mm -hmm. yeah Lawn bowling club. Yo, you are trying to get into the tennis club in that area, though. Be <laughs> honest. Trying to make some appearances, be gnomes, like have people recognize this yeah. face. Yeah, good on you. Well, yeah. you're, you're getting there. Yeah, but it was good. I had some good cocktails. They were sub twenty dollars, but um, that's a win. But they were good. They it were sounds good. like they're great. Nice. Um, just while we're talking your social life, you took the family out the other day for a weekday activity. I was quite impressed with. I'd like a brief movie review, and, and then we'll keep it clicking along here, but I'd like a brief review of both the film and the experience, mostly, uh, on your Tuesday or Wednesday evening. What'd you go see at a local cinema? Tuesday night, I had the audacity. Mm. Oh, the audacity to go to a film at 5.45 with my family. <laughs> I love the time of that. I got to tell you, are Tuesdays still a more cost-effective evening at the theaters while we go back to the cost of living? The local ones, yeah. I think it was eight fifty. Cheaper than cheaper than the norm. Yeah. Because I think normally that's double digits for sure. Okay, Thirteen, so twelve, whatever. Tuesday still the night to go to the to Tuesday go to the, the theater night. house. Oh yeah. And all the teenagers in the greater uh, Victoria area were there too. <laughs> were there too, because like uh taking advantage of that situation, which I'll talk about in a moment. But yeah, man, I I I What'd you see? Bared to endeavor to see Across the Spider Verse, which is a sequel to into the Spider-Verse. They, they love the uh, prepositions there at the beginning. Mm. And, you know, it's one of those films that's in my top... This film's definitely in my top uh, animated films or films that are directed towards kids, but mm-hmm. adults would really love, which something we'll talk about, I think, on another pod. But it was great. Um, you know, my kids are, like I said, almost nine and six, mm-hmm. and it felt like it was more aimed towards a more like a teen, preteen audience. Sure. With some of the themes. what was the rating on that? A PG? Yeah. It was PG, but honestly, lenient. Mm. Maybe could it be uh, the next level, whatever it is. PG thirteen in the US. I don't know. Here is it fourteen? I'm not sure. Yeah, but sort of more in that direction. Yeah, it was more in that direction. There wasn't language, but there were just some of the themes were. It was just like a little bit heavier. Like it was more teenage things, like dealing with friendship, familiar relationships, sacrifice. Mm. Um, just kind of like more, you know. Did you did you have moments when you were watching that the other night at the theater? Did you have moments of when some of those themes, challenging themes, came up, hard to explain themes yeah. for young kids? What, what was running through your head when some of that stuff was happening? Because because we've all been in that position watching something with our kids, and a theme comes up. One of the one of the ones you described, or something else that's a little little heavy in whatever direction. You're like, geez, do I have to dive in and kind of explain that on the fly, or should I just let it let it linger? That's a great question and good call too. We let things just kind of go. The The film had enough momentum and enough going on where like things would kind of transition. But you don't want to be having a you don't want to be getting shushed in the theater either for trying to explain <laughs> some of the dialogue to your wonderful children. No, yeah, I don't. someone else should have been getting shushed in the theater <laughs> that night. For sure. Yeah. You could talk about that. But yeah, so the there were, we did have conversations afterwards. I, the things that my kids gravitated towards and caught on with were more of like you know, favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Some of those scenes did have intense moments. Like there's a, not to, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but there's a, a poignant moment between the protagonist, uh, Miles Morales and his mother. And 
something that even though it's in the space of the superhero film, it has this quality that is, I think, synonymous with people maybe identifying or or, or going through some different things with their own identity. Sure. There was actually a very like it was subliminal, but I was there. Like there was a, in one of the characters' bedroom bedrooms, for example, there was a poster or a, a sticker that said like protect trans kids. Mm. And interesting. It was cool to see that. Um, for this character is a bit androgynous teen, but then the yeah. other character uh, that I was just referring to, he's figuring out things with his within his identity of being Spider-Man. But yeah, I think right. that that is a translatable thing that can be extrapolated, where teens are figuring out maybe it be gender, sexuality, racial things, um, even things within you know just whatever communities it could be that they're gravitating toward, and something that may not be in the mainstream or they perceive to be you know, comfortable with or have interactions with others and they and they have, you know, maybe they're susceptible to bullying, things like that. So it was a really cool way to kind of cloak that or have metaphors with him struggling to find this. And I'm not I'm not really But what a movie, but what but, a cool but what a cool metaphor. Yeah. With you know, linking in with with Spider Man who's sort of had who's living two lives and a bit exactly. of a double identity. Yes. And, you know, two big two different roles. Like that's a cool way to kind of blend to blend those two conversations into a way that maybe some kids will will grasp and understand a little bit or at least maybe take some comfort in. There's levels to it because it could be something, there like is. I said, that you could compare it to, and I, and I can't speak to this from, you know, and I don't want to say this without the, the, the respect or, like, the knowledge, but, like, I imagine, like, coming out to your parents is really difficult, for example. So maybe there's a thread there. Mm-hmm. Or it could be something where it's just, you know, you present as something right. and then you're something else. Like, maybe... I mean, there's been times I know, like, you leave the house wearing one thing and then you go out and you're wearing something else. <laughs> totally. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I do. So it's, I mean, that's that's Spider-Man, right? You leave the house as Peter Parker and then you turn into Spider-Man or Miles Morales and you turn into Spider-Man. So it's just, like, one of those things where... You go, you leave the house in a blue shirt, you come home in a red shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, it was good, man. I I will say though. Sorry, just to cut you off. Yes. Um, so I was. We'll get there in a second. I was solo parenting this weekend. Yes. And on Friday night, as a way to keep the good times rolling, we watched a film over our just over our television. Okay. And there was that was the first time that I noticed in a in a movie. This was a one or two year old, also a, obviously a kids movie, a cartoon movie. And I saw some of the same themes in a movie that you're describing i saw oh, that nice. in this flick i was watching called strange world okay and i was like very cool very neat and that's the first time i've sort of seen it in in that setting and um like you like you described it's quite interesting it's neat it's great love it is that the film where they kind of go into a different like area or zone and they go into a strange world they go into a strange world and yeah. it's like they realize that it's a living organism something like that yeah. sorry spoiler alert yeah yeah yeah, I remember I saw that film. It was good. I I, told, I know what you mean. No, that's cool. The the thought I was gonna say to close out that whole Spider Man Tuesday experience was that what's your order at the theater? What do you buy? Or if you're hmm. not a, if you're not a buyer purveyor of the, the what they have inside of the theater of the Cineplex, is there something you bring in in your pockets? Give me what you like to vibe in while you're there. I don't pay them prices. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Uh, I bring outside goods. I don't tell anyone. That's why I added that. Yeah, I thought you did. 
<laughs> I made a little stop at Shoppers and got some uh, mm-hmm. Haribo. How do you say it? Haribo gummies. Great choice. Got some gummies. And then, you know, Julie likes Smarties. I like Kit Kats and Coffee Crisp. So I got a little eight variety pack, like the bite size. Yeah. You got and the, it was, early, the early Halloween special? The early Halloween sleeve. <laughs> so you? I put that sleeve in the... Uh, in Up the your old... sleeve. <laughs> no. <laughs> That would have worked. Julie, I was like, Julie, bring the big bag. Yeah. She knew. And yeah. then we had those things. But we bought, uh, we did uh, buy some popcorn for the kids. Nice. We had to put the brakes on the butter. Couldn't do the butter. Good for you. And um, Butter was a, was a step too far. Hey? Yeah, it was. It was. Fair? Yeah, it's fair. But yeah. But I, I worked, that was my first job at a theater. So I have an affinity for popcorn. You know, high risk, high reward. You get something in the back of your teeth. Yeah. But you know what? It's delicious and it's yeah. synonymous with movie going. So I really like popcorn. What did you, you do at your um, your first job at the theater? I thought your first job was scooping ice cream. Second job after the theater. I see. Maybe I maybe I repressed it and I didn't <laughs> I didn't say it previously. I was uh, serving popcorn. I tore tickets as well. Once you enter the theater, I didn't yeah. sell them. There was a woman who was very possessive <coughs> of the fact that she was in the exterior selling the tickets where like it was like kind of a more lower tiered so you were running that you were running that triangular long triangular scoop to put the popcorn in the bag that was your that was oh, your yeah. racket i've got so many stories i love when people nobody wants someone to come to their job and tell them how to do it <laughs> firstly yeah good point secondly i'll agree when you're a 16 year old yeah richmond virginia making i don't even know how much what the minimum wage back then yeah probably like less than seven more than five i was thinking i was just gonna guesstimate 625 probably yeah probably 625 so this is like 1996 yeah and um oh my god there's nothing you there's nothing i really want or crave to hear more is like no no more salt no more butter butter. layer it layer it (laughs) that's that sounds challenging jc I mean, yeah. you're getting pooped on throughout your shift. So then when you have some guy who's like really getting off, usually yeah. a man, really yeah. getting off on just like telling you how to make his bag of like extra large popcorn. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It was. Good for yeah. you. How long did you do that job? That's a great story. I like that. Basically a summer. Summertime job because I, I, you know, had sports year round. So this was like a, this was like a multi-screen theater or is this a two-seater or two-banger or like a... <laughs> we had eight or maybe ten. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And I remember it was the, the, the summer where there was like a Flipper was like a hot like kids I remember movie. Flipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kids loved Flipper. Pro- probably some dicey themes in Flipper we'd have to explain <laughs> these days. Hey, I don't remember the storyline, the plots, the character of Flipper. Yeah. But I bet you there'd probably be some moments where I would have to pause it and say, hey, <laughs> offspring? <laughs> Flipper's dead. There is. There's some themes. Also, I think Shaggy was a part of the uh, the rapper or singer. Shaggy had a song in the soundtrack. You mean Mr. Boombastic? Tommy Fantastic. Really? Yeah. He was in Flipper. He, um, as a, like, I think he had like a prominent song. I see. In Flipper. Like on the Flipper soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. If you went he to was, Sam Goody yeah, or yeah. wherever. Nice. Good reference. And uh, A&B Sound here in Canada. There you go. If you went there 
And you're like, oh, when I get that flipper, the number one banger on the on that flipper soundtrack. There was a Shaggy track. Check that in the in the liner notes when uh, our wonderful <laughs> editing team puts that together because we're gonna have that track in there. Make that my new ringtone. <laughs> He's gonna be in uh, in these on these shores uh, not long from now, right? I bet it's good. Oh, Shaggy, yeah. in, the, in the area. Does he do in the Lake Town shakedown? I think so. Yeah. So I there you go. So. We going? <laughs> nah, sorry. Nah, no, I'm good too. One more quick, quick story. Uh, one time I went, speaking of Flipper, I went and I had the, the cleanup afterwards. And you'd always found cra- crazy, crazy sh- stuff. Get it on till the early morning. That's not Shaggy. Is that Shaggy? Sean Paul. Oh, my apologies. Edit that out. Get busy. Edit that Yeah, out. it's a great that track. Out. Shaggy, right. Like, um, temperature is another one from him. But anyway. No, the, the biggest Shaggy tune ever is, don't forget your point in that story, but the biggest Shaggy tune ever is... Um, the Mr. Bombastic song, right? No, no, it wasn't me. Oh, yeah. It wasn't me. That's it. That's his tune. Yeah. That's his tune. That's right. But naked. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so the other flipper point that I had... <laughs> words you think you would not be uttering today... The other flipper point I had was uh, I would clean up after like a lot of the showings and everything, and you always find just equally like, as fun as getting yelled at for oh runners. My gosh. Yeah, I had a special pair of shoes only for that job because the floors were so sticky, hmm. the stickiest of the sticky. I bet. And you would go in there, and typically it would be like, okay, you'd find some candy wrappers, mm-hmm. you'd find popcorn all over, and you gotta like. Are you running a vac it? while you're in there? You running a vac? I wish it was old school, just the little room and yeah, but like the like broom and like the uh dustpan dustpan's like that wide i got you like nothing. still it's still again tough racket please continue yes so would go in there and you're thinking and then also it would kind of be themed the detritus let's say it was themed with the movie so it's like you go in a flipper typically you're just gonna be like oh like kids candies and things like that whatever it is like starburst wrappers yes but i went in one time and there was a tall boy of budweiser like empty hey now and I, I swear to you, like, <laughs> I had cleaned the theater prior. Yeah. So it was like, it happened. Somebody had a 22 ounce of Budweiser doing flipper in the back right row of that theater. And I was just having a laugh. I remember I was just like, wow. It's like, <laughs> anything to get through flipper, I guess. I was going to say, flipper probably better with a 22 ounce Budweiser. <laughs> I mean, it must improve it slightly. I would hope so. Uh, yeah, that Shaggy that Shaggy song really hits after the twenty two. Yeah, and so it should. Any other films from your time? Any other memory or uh, movies of that summer working there? What else was hot that summer? What was that? What were the other summer blockbusters like? <laughs> the aforementioned Flipper. I didn't think we were going to be talking Flipper tonight no. in Little Owl Studios, JC. I love it. <laughs> there was a Arnold Schwarzenegger film, and I can't remember what it was. It wasn't True Lies. It wasn't a Terminator. But it was something else where he was kind of like... It know, wasn't the holiday classic Jingle All the Way. That wouldn't come out in the summer. <laughs> no, but it was something where I remember him like parachuting from like a, a military yeah, okay. plane. And like... Sure, sure. It wasn't Commando. It wasn't, you know... We'll look it up. But yeah, but it was one of those. And I remember that was like the hot one. And like that was the last showing of the night always. It'd be like the 10-10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the 10 o'clock, uh, mm-hmm. 10 after 10. And it would just be like, you know, not the area's finest going to see that one. A couple of tall boy buds being consumed during <laughs> during and before and after that. For sure. We took a vast detour from your past weekend of, of solo parents, and I want to hear about that. How did that all go? I was three three nights, three nights, three on one. 
and it was uh, it went really well, JC. It went really well. There were some That's moments. Awesome. There were some moments in there. There was a couple early mornings that hurt a little bit, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But that was expected, and um, yeah, just played like I said, three kids versus one parent. I played a, a, a great zone, right? <laughs> I moved around, but I didn't get out of position. Yeah, protect the basket. I certainly did, and um, no, we had a really nice time. And we missed we missed my partner and their mother for sure, but we had a wonderful a wonderful experience. It was kind of a neat sort of. Obviously, there's an energy change when someone isn't in the home, right? So. We ate ice cream and listened to music loud. Oh, right? love it. We cranked it up and ate some ice cream. Uh, well, last week we talked about, in last episode, episode 16 last week? Yeah. We talked about uh, likely combustion in the near future of our planet, <laughs> right? Yes. And we had on that Friday evening into Saturday morning, we had the first rain here mm. in Victoria in about, actually just a smidge over two months. People don't like it when others talk about the weather, but this is important. We've, we need, we talked about trees and, and I'm big on plant health and I mean that. And we hadn't had rain in almost, like I said, just over two months. So there was rain that Friday night into Saturday morning. Yep. I did the rain dance. My rain dance worked. Yeah, man. And with that, with all that rain to get back to my little weekend, we did soccer, my eldest actually the two eldest did we did soccer on saturday morning not well attended due to the (laughs) aforementioned conditions i bet right so we did soccer saturday morning in the rain and that was lovely let the rain drizzle down i mean i sent you the video of the guy running by and and the shirt monster got this guy to vote even in the rain shirt monster got this guy in the first rain in two months uh 9 37 on saturday morning and i was just like Bless your soul, man. Look at you. It wasn't even that hot. It was like, you know, it was mild, but... It wasn't warm. It it wasn't wasn't a warm warm. rain. No. And that guy was out there with his shirt off. Just bucking kilometers. Just happy. (laughs) I do like running in a mist. I like running in the rain, but that was heavy rain. That guy, respect to that guy. That got him because that was a beautiful sight. We get through soccer. My point with the rain is this. Personally, my point with the rain is this. And again, I was happy to see the rain. With the rain, I didn't really make any plans. I didn't really have yeah. anything on the dock. I had these grand delusions of maybe like some hiking. And I say that like maybe like get up to an elevation, look at the views. With the rain, it kind of slowed that. And all of a sudden, the sun came out mid-afternoon, two, three. And we had this lovely afternoon with no plans, nobody to see. I didn't have a social engagement booked. Actually, a dear friend did stop in for a while, but that was just happenstance. So we had this awesome time we played on the swing i made my famous clam sauce linguine which the girls gobbled up it was uh it was great man it was it was sort of it sort of just naturally and organically happened that way and it was just a wonderful wonderful time and at the end of it was the aforementioned movie and uh great saturday rolled into the sunday just kept it moving it was smooth sailing pal it was nice it was nice that's awesome you had a brisket going on sunday too i had a brisket going sunday yeah i had i was marinating some brisket right i've stashed this protein in the back of the freezer that my my partner's not too interested in eating (laughs) (laughs) so uh so this was the weekend let's marinate the brisket for 24 hours and see what we can do with that i love it yeah i love it it was okay i'm not gonna lie it wasn't like blow your mind but it was good it, it looks was, good. It, had it like was a, sound. Had a bark on it. It's yeah, good. I was working a bark. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you the question that every listener has on their mind right now. How did it go with Zadie 
and the separation from the breastfeeding. Mm. We had to break that habit. Yeah. We had to break that habit. We had to send her to rehab real quick. <laughs> I need more and less blankets if you heard me last week. <laughs> Did she? What did she go through? Like the stages, like no, of like negotiation you know and like begging and like. Yeah, I had the I had the daddy milk all ready to go, aka water. I had it ready <laughs> to go, and uh, she wasn't interested. So, it she was up early and we hung out, but it wasn't, and that was actually lovely and wonderful. But um, yeah, she was she was great. That was a concern for sure, but it actually went quite well. It, it could have went worse, and I still would say it, it would it went okay, and it went. Smooth sailing, JC. That's awesome. No, no serious, no serious case of withdrawals. You know, like she was. Yeah, everyone. She didn't rage. A couple of moments, but minor, but minor, and quickly passed, which was nice, right? Flip the table. She didn't flip the table. Okay. She was barking at me from her crib, but yeah, but it was a, it was quite, it was quite nice, man. Overall, it went quite well. Everyone survived in advance, so that's really the key. Yep. And um. It was nice. Like I said, it was nice to do some of those things. And we broke the habit. She's she's off the teat. That's what I was asked. The, she's the off reunion, the teat. She's done. It's done. No more milkies. It's done. That's, so that's a big step. Those of you raising, raising toddlers. Wow. My youngest is a smidge over two. And we needed to break that cycle. And we did. And I wouldn't say we're totally in the clear yet. But it's been a good week. Yeah. It's been a good week. That's awesome. Make, salute you thanks pal yeah it went well <laughs> i mean what i said it could have went worse and i and i was expecting worse and it went really smoothly and i was i was quite tickled by it no nah, that's great can't wait for her to leave again ha <laughs> ha <laughs> jokes <laughs> jokes the other thing i was gonna say is is in that situation that's the first time that mama's been away so really the key was as i get on my parenting horse here for a second Really, the key was we just talked like I just brought it up regularly as we went through those three days. I just talked to my three daughters about like, hey, mama's not here and we really miss her. Like, of course we miss her, right? She's not here. She's awesome. We miss her. But this is OK, too. Like, we're going to figure this out and have fun and get things done and and have a lovely time. And it's OK that it's a little bit different, right? It's only going to be different for a couple of days. We can all handle that. Yeah. And let's make the most of it. So I just sort of kept that conversation i brought it up a few times just to let that evolve and sink in and i think they i think that sort of helped with the processing of of obviously uh the linchpin of the operation not being there (laughs) it's a good tactic and i applaud you for that as well and it's smart and just to kind of reaffirm because i think kids that age there's a bit of like you know object permanence issues and i say that loosely but like just the same concept i mean even like nico he's six and sometimes he's like if julia's out doing something with friends or has a, a task she's got to do and we're home it's like where's mom it's like you just asked me a couple hours ago so it's nice to just kind of remind them like yeah. hey coming back just doing this right now mm-hmm. they need the kind of just reinforcement so that was cool that you you were able to do that and also like i imagine there's some cool bonding because it's like hey Mom's out of the picture for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. So just lean into being with dad. It's great. Yeah, man. And that's and that's definitely what happened. And that's absolutely the best. That's the best. It is. That's the best. It's actually like it simplifies things for everybody in a way. It kind of does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not an advocating single parenting. No. I know it's difficult. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not ready to do this again yet. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> don't let my don't let my bravado fool ya. I got this. Yeah, I got this. Sure, go away. <laughs> Come back uh, whenever you want. Yeah, well. Yeah. No, I feel you. 
<laughs> it was nice, Matt. It was a nice, it was a nice little change for everyone in the best kind of way. I'm glad my partner got away. She went down to Southern California, had a nice time. So it was, um, worked out for everybody. Nice. Nice. Now let's slide those parenting tales into the NBA finals. For some odd reason, JC, the NBA elected not to have game five happen on Sunday night. Yeah. Terrible. What is that about? Why would you choose a Monday over the Sunday? The previous game, game four, was Friday night, correct? Yep. So why on earth would you choose to go Friday, Monday, not Friday, Sunday? I love, I love a late Sunday afternoon Pacific start time on a big basketball game. That's prime. That's prime real estate in my week. I'm here. I'm with you too. It's like a great way to chase a little away. brisket and a beer on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Let's go, vamos! It's a great way to chase away the uh, the Sunday scaries. Yeah, kind of end your week, you know. Yeah, it's nice instead of like Monday getting back into the rigmarole and then having to make that time for whatever five five thirty on a Monday. So also, we're coming back in my house. We have got our our linchpin returning Friday evening, or sorry, Monday evening. Yep. Right when that game's happening. So I'm trying to watch game five. Oh, well, look who's here. Mama's here. Pause like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Try and, you know, enjoy that and be present for that, right? Yeah. Then slide back in, flip it, flip it on for a couple minutes. I was doing that dance, JC. I, I and I'm was... like, again, I'm like, a fucking Monday, pardon my language? A Monday instead of a Sunday, Adam Silver in your ears. <laughs> what? What the heck? They, yeah, there was no reason other than I, whatever they do over there. I I, just, I really don't agree with it as well. But, Odd choice. But let's get into it. Let's get into Monday. It. They, they 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 took care of it. They took care of it. What a what a great idea. We couldn't let the people in these cities and fans across North America, the world's, watch it and celebrate in case that it would happen that night. But I digress. What did you think? about game five what you saw when when the sports glasses nuggets won their first championship after 43 years of existence yeah what what um what's your first thoughts when you think back to that monday evening you know i caught the tail end of the game i was out playing tennis and came home and i saw it was closer than i expected i thought they were gonna roll honestly Hmm. and caught the last four or five minutes or so and you texted me you didn't like you didn't like some things that were happening with your boy Jimmy B in those last three or four minutes. Hemothy, yeah. He had two, I referred to him as brain farts to you, just two mistakes that I think really could have changed the, the way that game went. I can't remember the score. They might have been down like one or two. It might have even been even, tied. But there was a point where he dribbled into the lane, deep into the lane. I think it was under a minute. And he kind of tried, tried to kick it out at that point. And he threw it right to KCP. Who went down and, and they hit a shot there. And I was just curious. I was like, what do you, he went, he was like two feet from the basket. I'll go on my little diatribe about jump stops here in a second or lack thereof. Mm. But I feel like he went a little too deep. Like sometimes you can just drive too far, too close into the lane. Like maybe seeking a foul. Yep. Maybe seeking a situation where people will collapse on you, then you can kick it up, like kick it out. Like maybe you've made your mind up before you've actually realized how the you you know you're trying to dictate a pre the, a pre planned drive and kick exactly. And sometimes it's not there. And Denver, I believe on that play, they just basically just said, you know, we're gonna we're not gonna double you or anything. We're gonna mm-hmm. let this play out. Mm-hmm. And he got too far, and he looked for help, and then 
you know, yeah, threw mean, it right to KCP. That's yeah. my thought. I thought he should have shot it because go up. No, no, I don't. I don't think he was deep enough to shoot it. Was he? You don't think so? Mm. I thought go up, maybe get get mm. a foul if you're lucky and go to the line. He's a great free throw shooter, especially in the clutch time. Or just I don't know. Try to make something happen. He picked up his dribble and it was it was a problem. So anyway, that happened. Then yep. later on, um, he kind of yanked up a three, kind of I thought prematurely and and. It was a bad look from the elbow, and then the game was basically done. Before we get to talking about the Nuggets here and their win, there was, just while we're sort of harping on the negatives of that game, and then let's get, let's get positive, there was a foul call. Oh, yeah. Um, that was Jimmy B, too, right? I believe so, yeah. And Jimmy Butler went up to shoot a three-pointer, shot the three, and then extended his left leg and kicked Aaron Gordon in the gonads. <laughs> yeah. And Gordon was called for a foul. They The Nuggets... And Mike don't Michael don't call him Mike Malone challenged it, and they upheld it after review. I was watching that moment happen, and that was so obviously not a foul. Gordon gave Jimmy B a space to land. He was up on him. There was no contact at all until Jimmy B's foot went out and, like I said, hit the hit the midsection of Gordon. And for them to look at that to stop the game to review it, everyone. Uh, in all over the globe, especially Serbia is watching that <laughs> yeah. and, and see that that's clearly not a foul, right? How they looked at that, reviewed it, took the time to review it and upheld the call is just atrocious, grotesque. And it's one of my pet peeves about watching sports these days. That's why I rarely watch any sporting event without being on pause or tape because you know these end of game situations in this big big moment they there was they showed this show this beautiful reaction shot of the nuggets bench i don't know if you saw it but um joe kitchen and kitchener's own jamal murray watched the replay and then listened to the ruling and they're just again they're just disgusted inside themselves yeah it's so abhorrent it's so abhorrent yeah Anyway, it just that just jumped out to mind because that could have been uh, Jimmy B hit all f- three free throws. The Heat are back in the game; they're rolling. All of a sudden, it's tight again. Whenever that was, there was only three or four minutes left at the time, right? Like, ah, oh, such an irritant, such an irritant. Silver was in the building. Maybe he made the call. He's like, "Hey, yeah, we need another hey, game. We need it. We need another game. Uh, let's go. Let's talk about the biggest story." And I just referenced Serbia, and and you're buying a jersey soon. Let's talk about. The story of the series, yes, at least in every serious media outlet and any other uh, sporting podcast that you may listen to, the gloss being number one in your hearts. What did you think of the play of Nikola Jokic? Much like Thanos, Jokic is inevitable. Mm. And if you're not Marvel inclined, what I mean by that is, is I'm not. He's right now. He feels like omnipotent, omniscient, whatever you want to say. Just, he's. <laughs> He can do whatever he wants. He's like we've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's a walking triple-double. He makes all of his teammates better. He takes what the defense gives him. He's elite. You know what Nikola Jokic averaged in the playoffs? No, I'm curious. He averaged, averaged, 30 points a game, 14 rebounds a game, and 10 assists. That were, that were his, those were his playoff averages. I think across like 20 games, right? I think they were like 16 and 4. Is sure. What I sure. Recollect. That's amazing. 30, 14, and 10, he averaged for the playoffs. That's amazing. Holy moly. To get to that point in the season, like you've played, you know. 82 plus. Thank you. And then when it really counts, you play. 30, 14, and 10, JC. Your best ball when it counts. Averaging a triple dub. Holy he, poop. He, he gets all those plots, all those things. Like, Jokic is a. Uh, 
alien inside of a unicorn inside of a, a god like whatever but i i get I, it hold on i want to say one more thing about that he is so what what sort of jumped off the screen to me as we're watching that and again he averaged a triple double yes he is so bloody competitive right like he he is the engine of that team he is driving that vessel he he the way that he moves you can tell he's totally dialed in in his way right we got lots of personality types in the world and when you put them on a team everyone's going to behave differently but he is so competitive right like so so neat watching him operate like i was into it man i i I'm, we're going to get to jamal murray in a second cuz he deserves all the plaudits too but but man the way that it was when you would see jokic uh, have a turnover it was like your eyes for a second were like what did i just see what's happening here <laughs> my retinas are burning for 0.5 of a second because it was so rare yeah think about that think about how much time that guy had the rock yeah and how few turnovers he he produced and that's what i mean when you saw it it was like whoa he just he just had a to that's odd like we haven't seen that we no. haven't seen that i'm gonna continue for a second because i'm on Go a heater it. right now Go for it so i was listening to something i can't remember where and and they were saying, yeah, actually, the first sport that he played and his first love, his first love, and I can see it in your eyes, you recognize where I'm going with this. This is not, there's no deep research here. This is just a cool little thing. Is his first love was water polo. Now, when you watched him at the junction, at uh, just on the end of the foul line, and he was holding the ball, looking at angles, with the ball back sort of surveying the lands, moving his pivot foot around, I mean... Now, after knowing that he played water polo, I mean, you can see that in the way that he plays. We've talked about his passing, the Arvidas Sabonis reference. He, he, when he was palming the ball and holding it back, I mean, that is water polo to the T, to yes. the T. Yes. And the way that he throws those one-handed passes with that little bit of English and some uptick to land right in a guy's belly button for an easy lip, that's water polo. I love that, the way he's standing there with one hand out and the way he moves it around. Beautiful, beautiful. Go sign your kids up for water polo. And and to say nothing of the cardio benefits of water polo. I've never played water polo, so I don't want to act like I know what it really feels like. It look hard. It looks hard as hell. When I watch it, it looks hard as hell. It does. Yes. From a person who can't swim as well, (laughs) Tyler, you're also sweating. (laughs) Uh, The thing that for me is interesting when I'm watching the Olympics is usually when I watch it, Mm -hmm. they're fending off. Defenders. Defenders who are like vicious, like who knows what's going on under the water. I'm sure people are getting it's kicked. It's lacrosse in the water. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I'm sure people are getting click, uh, kicked, dragged maybe, oh, yeah. like scissored. Like, water body shots. All kinds of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. And you've got to have that physical strength to hold someone at an arm's length. And then, like you said, have that dexterity, have that shoulder, have that mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. to pick out passes, shots, the and, bounce and keep your legs going at full oh, yeah, throttle the whole floating. time under the water yeah. like a duck you know like working hard below the surface it's amazing yeah it is it's, hard sport it is a difficult sport and it and like you said I presume yeah we presume and i think like you said it does translate well to that skill set where he's at that part of the court surveying looking for angles as you said i love it that's it's it's so cool it's one of those things that i would never have thought like Oh, what are the origin of of his ability to do this so well? It's like, oh, yeah, you can water see it. Polo. You can see it in but his then, game. Yeah, you can see it in his game the way he played. 
But like we just said, if he's playing water polo, yep. I mean, clearly this guy has the cardio base or at least is, is quite familiar with hard work. I just I, I just think he deserves all the flowers, <laughs> people, people knocking him. And if I may be so bold, there's also this movement or not movement. There's sort of been this history, I would say. In, in the United States, where the United States, some of the, the, the big, the people of Bristol, the aforementioned ESPN in Bristol, yeah. and, and some of the other big outlets that we all sort of intake a little bit from, I feel like there's been sort of, it's, it's been hard through the years for some of those American outlets to, to get comfortable with an idea of a European, dominant European player in any sport, but let's continue on the NBA example, right? Like Vladi Divac was early. Yep. I think really Dirk Nowitzki sort of changed the tenor of holy, this is absolutely a European superstar. I think we can like finally able to understand it, you know? And he's not soft. That was always the, yeah, no, the he's label. He's not soft, right? They're exactly. soft. They're floppers. They do yeah. all this. The Vlade was, was a flopper, but. Yeah, Vlade was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like just like uh, there was a stigma attached to a lot of the players. We're um, further down the line now yeah. with these European players. Like we've seen enough of them and how great they are yep so i think this is just i mean again this is the best player in the world hands down for the last three years he's been the best player on the planet for the last three years agreed i think mark jackson figured that out Mm, i hope so mama there goes that man yikes by the end of the by the end of the finals you hope he did yeah i would think so our svg would hit him upside the head yeah but yeah here's a a quick one here's a quick one it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago that people were really hyped on Luka Doncic in Dallas, right? He was the European. He was the next great European. Heir apparent. And I must admit, I bought into some of that. The sure. way he moves, the way he grooves, quite something, right? Fast forward and not too far. Now, just like I am, everyone's riding Jokic's jock because he's been so dominant. But what a little European shift there in the NBA landscape, right? And watching Luka Doncic play in, in Dallas, I mean, he, I like I like his game. He hits big shots. He passes the rock. But again, here's two European guys who are le- leading the NBA in some different areas, not just categories, but sort of at the forefront of it. Say nothing of the Greek freak. Yeah, man. Slovenian and Serbian, uh, you know, Luka and, and uh, Nikola, and it's funny to me, they are similar region, similar body type, really? Because yeah. Luca's big. He's like 6'10-ish, yeah. I think, and like thick, you know? He's a big mm. guy. We talked about it before. But their games couldn't be more different. No, no, no. More so I was referring to sort of the buzz and the... Oh, yes. And, the, and what they've created and how clearly great they both are, right? Yeah, and you're less so about their games, just more so what they've sort of shown thus far. And those guys are, I mean, again, Jokic just won the title, best player on the planet last three years. And and not so long ago, we were thinking the same thing for Luka because he was doing amazing, never before seen things. And that was like six months ago, a year ago. There's a world a year from now, not even two years from now, maybe even present as we speak, where the top five players in the world are not from the North American shores. Hmm. Luka, Jokic. Giannis, mm-hmm. Embiid, and I'm going to say it, Wimbayama. There you go. It's I a possibility. Saw- I'm not anointing him yet. But it's it's possible. Uh, just going with the, your Wemby reference, for the first time ever I saw a Spurs number one Wimbayama jersey in one of my... In one of my back channels. They were already printing them. They were printing them. I don't think this we're was a, a great version. Away. Speaking of away. jerseys, I mean, I won't <laughs> wear it, but... 
I'll take a Chinese knockoff with Miami for, for the man cave. <laughs> let's switch it to Canadians. Let's talk about Jamal Murray for a second. Yeah, let's do it. Jamal, Jamal Murray has never been an all-star, but he's now a champion. He played really well. Not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, not the fastest guy, but great quicks, able to make separation on all his shots. I love, I said it in, in the previous ep, in episode 15, I think I said it. I love watching Jamal Murray play. I like the way he moves. I like, I'm into it. And then I heard a story that his dad used to make him wall sit with cups of tea on his thighs. Wow. Yeah, hot tea on his thighs. Yeah. So you know what happens when you spill the tea, right? How long are you going to sit there? So now I like him even more. Oh, man. Keep those 90-degree angles, Jamal. That's right. That's tough. Really tough. That's great. Uh-huh. Those kinds of things, that work ethic that you ingrain in kids, and I love it. I mean, I think you know some people could debate that that's too much or whatever, but those those origin stories that you hear are so integral into creating superstars of tomorrow. He played so well. Jamal Murray played so well. I hope you know. I hope he has a wonderful summer and and brings the um, the NBA the Larry O B back to Kitchener and and soaks it all up. He deserves it. He played. He had that horrible injury. If you watch any of the NBA Finals, you saw the clips of him rehabbing and in the hospital bed and that whole thing. And uh, everyone referencing Bubble Jamal previous to his injury, but that guy balled the f out all playoff long and and just played really well and and Jokic is getting all the hype and all the buzz and rightly so but I mean that's a clear clear Batman and Robin situation there yeah. and both guys can play can play and and are a joy to watch entertaining that's entertaining TV he's grad I agree and I was gonna say Jamal graduated he, he went from someone said this I'm not this is not a totally original thought but he's kind of gone from being bubble Jamal to now being solidified himself as a star in the league Someone who has gone from kind of a score, like I'll drop 50 on you, whatever, and then tweet about it to, you know, a guy who's a facilitator doing a lot of different things for that team. I love how he's, like I've said it before, just always like probing. He's, would you? He averaged 10 assists. He averaged 10 assists. Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Would you, this might be a reach and I know it's a very like kind of low hanging fruit, but his mid range game. Does that have Kobe elements for you? Mm. The kind of like the kind of fadeaway, the kind of mm. elbow, like uh, baseline yeah. jumper. That's a just that's using a good thought. his legs to elevate over a guy. Yeah. Like you don't see his shot get blocked. You rarely do. Yeah, yeah, that's good reference. I can see a little bit of that actually. Now that I think about it, sort of yeah, gets up in the air and sort of fades away to create a little bit of space. He's shorter than Kobe, but you're right. There is a little bit there. Good one. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. He has a late release on his shot too, and it's kind of an interesting, different release. Like it's not picturesque, like his his shot form, but it's great. Everything is yeah. where it needs to be. Yeah. But I notice his hand, his release. A lot of times, I'm just like, you know, that um, shoots it with confidence too, and so he should. Yes, this is a little bit of basketball nerding out, but um, we, Justin and I, have talked about this before. But just the synchronization between your lower half of your body and the upper half of your body. I know times where I've elevated. And I haven't extended my arms at the right time. And then it's kind of harder mm-hmm. to get the shot up if things are late, if the synchronization synchronization is not there. Mm-hmm. He always has it. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, like he's he's jumped. And we've talked about Tatum and uh, Brown, like those guys before, about how sometimes they jump and they don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I see him, he has his intent, but he has this kind of like a late release where it's like, and this is also... 
something we can attribute to him not getting a shot blocked. But it's interesting. It's a little quirk when I see the the replays. I'm like, that's really a developed skill. I think that's all intentional, and it's hard to do because you have to have that core strength. You have mm-hmm. to get up mm-hmm. and kind of hold that shot to the last mm-hmm. moment. Another person that comes to mind. We talked about Kobe. Naturally, you're going to talk about Jordan. Jordan. I mean, fadeaway jumpers can, from Jordan, that's patented, right? He can right? hang in the air for he a moment to let, let the other guy kind of start coming down, and he's still maintaining. And I feel like Jamal's got some of that quality at a, in a smaller size, smaller mm-hmm. smaller guy. And never gets a shot blocked, to your point. Never gets a shot blocked. Always creates space. Not Again, not super fast, but very quick and, yeah. and a space creator. A space creator. <laughs> Those uh, those guards from uh, from Ontario that uh, went to Kentucky, something about him, him and Shea. He needs to do the Bourbon Trail. I'm sure he's done it. <laughs> hey, you can meet me uh, next year, maybe. Me and uh, Jamal. Jamal's on, on tour. We'll go Jamal's to, on tour drinking we'll do bourbon. We'll tra- uh, Bourbon Trail just nice. south of Lexington, Kentucky. That sounds actually, love the film. Love the Sports Gloss film crew up and operational at that point. They can film that, <laughs> that little sojourn. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I wanted, what, wait, go hold ahead. on. Yep. Now, this is a hard question, mm. and I want you to use your... Um, try and keep your heart out of it if you can't. Okay. But if you can, that's fair, too. Cause Head over the heart? That's, that's, that's right. As I always say, go with your heart. Who would you rather have on your team? We've got the Vancouver Grizzlies back in town. You and I are minority owners. They say, you guys can make this call. The sports class can make this call. Who are we getting? We can have other. We have our pick. No, during earlier in the playoffs, seems like a long time ago. It wasn't. You had a pretty serious. You had eyes. You had big eyes. For Devin Booker. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Who are you choosing? Uh oh. D book. Yep. Or the aforementioned Jamal Murray for the starting, the starting point guard, two guard, one of the guards, on the soon to be named new Vancouver NBA team. This is complicated. Tough question. How how old are all right? Knee jerk, knee jerk reaction, and jerk I'll tell you that why. Knee. <laughs> First of all, I don't like be calling. I don't like being called a minority owner. <laughs> Secondly, as it came off my lips, I was like, oh, oh, that could be misinterpreted. No, it's it's all it's all love. It's a joke. I, I know what you meant. You gotta go, Jamal. We're not I, buying the whole. We're not. <laughs> I know. We're not the majority owner either. We're not buying the whole thing. We're group. not buying the whole thing. We're buying a small piece, you and I. Just a piece of the grizzles. Go on, please. I say Jamal, and it's because Nice. Of, this is why. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to like this. A little bit of the Canadian angle. Hey, now. He's back. If that team... Hattie's back. That team's in Vancouver. If yeah. that team's in Vegas, maybe it's Booker. I think there's something to be said. Oh, okay, yeah, I see. I'm I think there's that. something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Respect to both of them. I think Jamal, they're both the same caliber. Mm-hmm. Honestly, trying to eschew the like recency bias, I still think Booker. I think Booker's a top 10 guy in the league overall. In my heart of hearts. You don't think Jamal Murray's a top 10 guy in the league? I think he's a top 10 guy in the league. Top, top 15? Top 12? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, this is this is a good this is a good debate though, don't you think? Do we, you start wait? You started off saying Jamal Murray, and then you said Booker. So depending on where this this yes. fictional team lands, yeah, it's all about <laughs> the 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 city 
Okay. Selling us tickets, things like okay, that. Okay, I'll meet I you in the middle. Cool. I'll meet you in the middle. Okay. We're the new... Nashville? We're the new half owners... Okay. <laughs> ...of the new Seattle Supersonics. Oof. I mean, that's not far from... Two the- Kentucky guards. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Jokes aside. Jeff Green. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a moment. Former, former Seattle Supersonic. Honestly, Booker. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'd take Jamal Murray. I'm just saying <laughs> it's okay. I'm just saying I, I get your point. I think you can make an argument for either yeah. side. It's an interesting little debate. It's an interesting little debate, right? Hey, they, I, they I took mean, out Booker's team. They took out Booker's team. He has a ring. Jamal's overcome all of these things. He's, you know, like you said, the the surgery. Recency bias for sure, but I'm there's not a bad choice, but I'm probably going with Jamal Murray, but there's not a bad choice. Yeah. That's a that's a something for later in the summer, maybe that's like total uh aggregator fodder, like top ten, top fifteen players in the NBA. We can maybe do that exercise if we want later on. You happy for anyone from an emotional pull? Are you happy that anyone won a ring oh, yeah. on the nugs? Christian Brown, Braun, Brown, Braun, Brown, say, Braun, Brown, Brown. Yeah. I say Brown. Sure. All he does is win. Win, win, win. Kansas last year in university. And then comes out and wins your rookie year. It's only downhill from here now. No, yeah, that, well, he had that aside. one game. He had that one game where he balled out to really sort of yeah. push that game through. They needed a they needed a spark, and he was that. We need American white guys to shine the basketball stage. We do. I They're being overshadowed do. by these Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Christian right. Brown, you're right. He might be the next one. But yeah, with that. Gordon Gordon Haywood's on the decline. Oh, so yeah. 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 But uh, jokes aside, Christian Brown, but then also the guys that are probably saying, look, Ma, I got a ring, finally. You had one of them earlier. Jeff Green, Uncle yeah. Jeff. Yeah. You finally did it. Yeah. Salute you. DeAndre Jordan. Nice. DJ gets it. The De- He didn't play, though. He didn't get a minute. I wanted to see him in. I know. I feel like he should. There were a couple of games, like a game or two, where they were like, they had Jokic in late. Like and it was like a done deal and I was like really hmm. like DJ's not out there right now. I, like, I will say, do, do you notice the Jokic DJ post game celebration they do all the time? No, they do this mock European like two cheek kiss thing. It's oh, nice. amazing. Nice. Like they're just like the kind of but it's really funny. I love it. Um, so DJ, for sure. I mean, I was listening to Doc Rivers talking about it earlier. I forgot like DJ's. He's won like gold medals. He's won a lot of stuff. I think yeah. maybe like a defensive player of the year. Sure. He's been an all-star, all this stuff. We, we forget kind of like... How great he was with Lob City. Lob City. Him, like... Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. What oh, a man. lineup. So fun. Lob City. Love a lefty. So, Sorry, Jamal Murray's the ninth Canadian to win? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, we buried that earlier. But We Jamal's should have said that earlier. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to say that. He's, He's the, the ninth. ninth. Can you name the nine? Bill Wennington. Okay. If you can name four, I'm impressed. Mike Pemberthy win a did he win uh did he get a ring when in the Lakers won that year? Maybe. Don't know. Hold on. Uh, there's one right under your nose. There's one right under my nose. Last year. Last year. Who won it last year again? Wiggins. Oh, right. Apologies, Andrew. Yeah, he played really well. Mm-hmm. There's nine. What are we at? We're maybe at two. Hold on. Give me a second. Uh, Efforting over here. Yeah, hold on. Um, let me think. The other Canadians, 
to win to win i don't know we don't want to spend too long on this no i'm curious we'll we'll put it in the notes but it's cool that jamal is the ninth i was it was all over sports center even when spo eric spolstra spolstra was doing his presser afterwards it was like this big chiron's like jamal da, da, da. it's it's a bit of jingoism it's a bit of things that kind of slightly annoy me with sports center here but i yeah. get it i get every time you're looking at the ticker here in the NBA, you see a Canadian flag by like Shea, mm-hmm. by Murray, Bianca, Olenek, yeah. like all these guys. Nice. You know, I get it. Growing the game, doing those things, hometown heroes. But it is one of those things as an American. It's just a bit. It's a bit interesting. You probably don't even sure. think about it. I but don't. It's, but it's yeah. funny because it'd be like you know, like most mm-hmm. of the players out here. Most of the second tier players, apparently, because the Euros have taken over. Most of the second tier players. <laughs> it's Eurovision, baby. <laughs> Let's fast forward to the celebration because who doesn't love a good trophy presentation? In the NBA, they give it to the owner. In this case, it's Stan Kroenke, who also also warns the, I don't know, multitude. Worst mustache ever? Yeah, that was interesting. Move the St. Louis Rams from St. Louis to L.A. Arsenal Football Club as well. Yeah, he's got his he's he's got his fingers in a couple of pies. Let's not yeah. get into his ethics. Yeah. Um, but always detest in the NBA why they let the owner lift it up, I don't think. I don't think I saw Stan take a shot, but I maybe I missed that. <laughs> I know he's bankrolling the thing, but I might have missed that. Yeah. You were saying that um, when the trophy came out that um, a lot of eyeballs in the Cox residence were um, affixed to the television. Well said. It was past bedtime, but we made a we made a, an ex- exception, let's say. Mm-hmm. So Nico was really enamored with the whole presentation, the confetti falling, Rocky, the mascot of the uh, Denver Nuggets, right. posing for photos as well. Yeah, he's not dead on the ground like the Heat mascot, <laughs> thanks to your boy Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's Conor's got to, I hope he lawyered up. Yeah. But yeah, the all of that going on, you know what? He was actually really, also really interested in um, Jokic's, I think, daughter, like his kid. Yeah. Because he was holding the kid and he was like, what's that kid doing out there? And I was like, oh, that's his kid. And like, he's just, you know, really excited and he's sharing this moment. Like, and then he was just like, it must be loud out there. I was like, yeah, it's really loud. There's yeah. confetti falling. There's people screaming. Like, I think she had things. earmuffs on part of the time. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, part yeah. of the time. But I would think that would be a sensory overload. But also like, what an amazing memory for the kids. But for, like I said, like you said, I should say, my kids were really, really into it. And they were really enthralled. It was the first time I've recognized that any sort of award ceremony, we've watched World Cups, we've watched mm-hmm. Olympic events, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Sure. Maybe it just happens to be with this ride we've taken where we've played a lot of basketball, watched a lot of basketball in this last little stretch. Right. And they've really, um, really were excited about it. But it was cool. They, I had to like keep extending the time where I was just like, all right, a couple, like just another minute. Okay, like we'll yeah. see what he has said. Yeah. But it was really cool. But uh, one of the things I do want to point out during the trophy ceremony that was funny is just like the humble nature of of Nikola Jokic and the fact that like he was awarded as he should have been the MVP of the the finals, and he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, he wasn't too. I love the clip in the in the post game presser when he's like, "Oh, the reporter asked him, are you excited for what will now be a, a parade?'" Yeah. When's the parade? He looks over at the like the PR guy for the Nugs. When's the parade? He's like, oh, probably Thursday. It happened earlier today. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just want to get home. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Enough with the shenanigans. My, my buddy uh, Andrew sent me this meme, and it was like uh, Roger Sherman from The Ringer, who I love. He's a really funny guy, and he basically had like a split, sc- split screen tweet where it was like that comment with the quote was like, no, I don't want to go to the parade, Yeah. to like, 
him at the parade yeah, drunk like, off his ass dropping like, big f-bombs on the mic yeah like yeah. two steps away from being mark madsen yeah, yeah. and he's just like, yeah and he's you know like i didn't say i like parade but now i love parade or whatever he was saying yes and the quote or whatever the tweet uh was something like is like before and after is like me when i have to go to a social event <laughs> And nice. me, and I'm actually at the at social event. That's good. That's good. It's really good. Yeah, that plays. I yeah, like that. It was great. But it was cool. Just uh, he was so humble. Didn't really care that he won. You know, the top award yeah. for the the playoffs. Essentially, yeah. like, and that just speaks. I think to him. I don't. It's all genuine with him. That's the thing. Like you watching, like it. it doesn't seem like it's this. You know, some people you can kind of tell it's like it's disingenuous, but like with him, it's just like I don't really care. Like I'm, I don't really want to be the center of attention. Yeah. Like I love my teammates. We have a goal. That's great. I don't have to do all this other stuff. Let them do it. Yes. Yeah. I was. I saw something the other day. Like he's got. I think he's got five years left on his contract. Mm. And, and you know, he clearly. He, he's 28. I think he's 28. He's got this family who he seems very tight with. His brother, his wife, his daughter. You know, you see these clips of him coming from Serbia in the summer. He's really into horses and sort of like chariot horse racing or whatever the language is around that type of horse racing that he does. He's best friends with the shirt monster in Serbia this summer, <laughs> by the way. He certainly is. He's, he certainly is. Well, now he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but I, I heard or read something the other day. It's like, well, is he going to play past the end of this contract? Like, of course he could if he wanted to, right? He could probably get a, another big lucrative contract. Sure. At the end of his five-year deal, is he like, huh, that's pretty good. Won a title, made a bunch of money, MVP a couple of times. Maybe he will be again. Maybe they they add another chip to his resume. Eh, I'm done. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do my thing. I could see him walking away. Going to live a nice life. Yeah, 33 is like, I've done what I've done. The thing with him is so interesting. Someone else pointed this out this week. It's not like there's going to be an athletic drop-off with him. That's true. We talked about it. You had it so well dubbed, the credit card hops. Yeah. So it's not like a thing like, sure, like, yes, we all over 30, things start to decline or whatever. Maybe you have some more ailments and things. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke. I'm hurting over here. Need a massage. (laughs) Hey. But... All that being said, it's not like he's an explosive type of a player. Like um, we were That's talking right. about yeah. off off mic uh, one time about like Amari Stoudemire, for example, like those yeah. guys that are like explosive. He, type if of he loses hang time on his jumper, it's not going to affect his game overall a great deal. He might be a better shooter. Like yeah. he might just evolve. Like look at Kevin Love. Yeah, right. You know, uh, he might become a better shooter or like refine certain points of his game. Maybe yep. he's playing a little less time, but he's still got that computer that is top notch and he's figured it all out right agreed yeah throw a zone at him i don't panic he'll stand to the key and throw that throw that water polo pass right to a cutting teammate exactly so i wanted to ask you a question you were talking about and we joked earlier on about you being the uh, honorary Jokic brother what do you think they were drinking in Mm. celebration after was it pure gasoline or pure gasoline (laughs) i i feel like the the brothers Jokic smuggled in some sort of serbian moonshine you know and clear liquid some sort of clear liquid in a soda a two liter soda bottle somehow they got that in there yeah at some point i feel like they're snapping back shots of snapping back shots of like a serbian grappa or one of those yeah. one of those kind of drinks Anis, uh, i've had flavoring. a couple i've had a couple of i've had a couple of um moonshine sips in my day and it comes out of an odd an odd unit of measure right <laughs> And then they pour you a small glass, and you're right. And sometimes, ooh, 
Gasolina is correct, you see. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll get you going. Put some hair in your chest. It certainly will. <laughs> a couple of sips, though. It'll get... You'll get right. It'll get you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the party was like afterwards. And I, they were, like, hoisting Mike, uh, Michael Malone again. Throwing him in the air. Throwing him in the air. And, and he was talking shit like he's apt to do, like, afterwards about how this is a dynasty. We're going to start a dynasty. Yeah. We're not good with one. Let's hit that for a second, and then let's move on. What do you think? Well, you think they win another one? Batman and Robin do it again next year? Maybe they move some of the surrounding players. Our boy yeah. Michael Porter Shooter played well in that last game after not having a great yeah, early a or four or five games. 13 right? boards or something. That's right. KCP yeah. played well. Maybe they move some of the deck chairs around. But do you think they win another one? Or would you would you wager on that? This segment brought to you by Bat365 or <laughs> Bat Rivers? The way that My his... boy Dan O'Toole. <laughs> I know that guy. The way history has played out recently... It's unlikely. It's unlikely. And the the way the league's moving the ownership with the parity with the, the CBA and things like that, yep. the easy answer is no, right? Sure. Like, it seems like ages ago that Giannis and Milwaukee lifted the trophy. But I think that this team, with those two and their ages and, like, them being in the prime of their, their abilities right now, their careers, if you will... Early prime. I think they can do it because I think if you do lose Michael Porter Shooter, that's tough. Yes, but at the same time, we also nah, we nah, love him, we not, hate him, we joke not, around about like nah, some of his ill decisions. Nah, that's not a big loss. So I feel like, well, here's the thing. Here's actually maybe the other way we should approach it. I think now you're gonna have guys, free agents, want to go there. Exactly. So I think you can pull someone in. I think. Maybe you lose a Michael Porter shooter or some of these other guys. I don't know what the contract situation is. I'd be happy is. to lose Michael Porter shooter, by the way. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss him if I was a, a a Nugs head. I wouldn't miss him. No, good player, but irrational confidence. Oh my god. Yeah, I think, you know, I I don't like me in Portland. <laughs> amazing irrational confidence. Oh, so good, so good. Great like callback. That? You like that callback? Yeah, it was amazing. Maybe you get like a Chris Middleton or someone like that. Good Maybe idea. you get like just Good a, a guy who's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay mm-hmm. being number. Three, I like Chris Middleton, and I'm okay taking a cut here because maybe I've been there, done that, or I know what it takes. Give me two years, thirteen million, and let's try and win another one. Exactly. So maybe you get somebody like that. So I think it is feasible. Denver, uh, my our buddy Matt, friend of the pod, was saying we had this uh, similar conversation. And he was like, you know, Denver's not a bad place to live. You know, I think people would would love to be like, hey, I'm gonna especially now you've got a grace period where you're like hey you just won a championship you're yeah. top of the world go live in denver sunny 300 days of sunshine that's it beer weed you ever, you whatever ever you want you ever been to denver never been me neither i had a buddy that lived there loved it hmm. loved it but he lives in the bay area now and that's pretty awesome too people still moving to denver call and colorado mm. like they once were like there's quite an exodus from some from california states, particular. california and yeah. people moving to, to colorado i think that's still happening i think so i think there's still uh there's still things happening there. i think there's businesses there that are you know hiring and um conducive to like large corporations great quality of life mm-hmm. as excuse me as we alluded to and <laughs> Ryan Ryan Rosillo was talking about this on his pod. It's the best, potentially the best time zone to watch sports. Yeah, right. I don't know if you caught wind we, of that. I did. We've talked about this too, like a couple of different times. Like watching sports on the East Coast is on a school night is nightmare Oof. fuel. It's brutal. 
You don't want to be. And I was complaining about watching this game, the the clinching game on a Monday. Yeah. In the Pacific time zone here on the southern tip of Vancouver Island. Imagine being on the East Coast. Game starts at 8, 8.30, whatever. You're not Frick, watching the man. trophy. If you are, your Tuesdays you're not having that, swiped. You're not having that cool moment with your kids when they're seeing the trophy in their eyes no. and, and the confetti rain? Nope. Not a chance. No, that's a YouTube moment. That's not a live moment. That's right. Most <laughs> adults probably are not sure if they're going to make it. No, I wouldn't. If I had to work, you know, Tuesday, 9 to 5, I'm probably not staying up for it, you know? Maybe I, I record it and watch it on Tuesday or mm-hmm. something. Like, I, you know, catch the ticker and then, like, oh, I want to see how it ended sure. or whatever. But, yeah, so that, that all went down. We talked earlier about the fact that Serbia's having a moment, and along those lines, the Raptors have a new coach. I'll try to say his name, and I apologize. Darko Rajakovic. Nice. So he becomes the new coach of the Raptors. What are your thoughts? It's interesting the Raps have chosen only the second European. We've been hyping the Europeans on this episode of the this, the gloss. Pretty interesting that they've decided to take the second European ever as the new head coach. And I must admit, and I must admit, even being a hoops head, is a guy I've never heard of before. Mm. When the Raps hired someone, a name I didn't know, in Masai we trust. Yeah, just in go Masai with it. We trust. I, tr- I trust Masai. By all accounts, this guy has the pedigree and the experience. He's been a coach since 16, was with the Memphis Grizzlies organization for a while, coached their G League team for a while, was a lead assistant, um, a big, has done a lot with some of the young players, um, John Morant's behavior notwithstanding. Sure. Uh, some of the guys, young guys on the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain was sort of his his big project when he was down there, he, he oh, developed okay. Desmond Bain, right? That was his sort of guy. And so obviously the uh, Bobby Webster, the GM and Masai of the raps, like what he had to say and um, went in a different direction, a unique direction, um, kind of a cool direction. Again, we we're just talking about representation to some degree. This is how cool is this, right? 43 year old Serbian guy. I love it. Yeah. It's too. great. I think it's a great fit with the culture of the city. Like you said, he inherits a, a solid team. You know, there were 500 this year, made it to the play-in. You lose Freddie Van Vliet, potentially, it looks like. The question is, is this the rebuild or a retool? What's the plan here? Are we trying to make the playoffs next year? Great question. Which must have been... Uh, can you give me his name again? Darko uh, Ryakovich. That's what I was... I, I have Darko. <laughs> um, that must have been part of the interviewing process that, that the Raptors really like. Like, what are what's your plans here? What do you think we can do? What do you want to do? Right. That must have been the, you know, the key to the interview process. Yeah, exactly. And and I imagine it was a practical conversation. I think, like you said, Masai is maybe the best at what he does in the league. One Masai, of the best, for yeah. sure. The Masai we trust. I meant what I said. And I think that the fan base is still kind of riding off of that championship. It's, it wasn't that long ago. And I think that you've got really intelligent basketball fans in Toronto as well. Mm-hmm. So they're excited for that next chapter, but know that there may be some speed bumps. But you've got nice pillars and Scotty and Pascal. So they always draft well. They find these diamonds in the rough often. Often. The Raptors have long had a connection to Europe, right? They've yep. in the early days when free agents would not go to the Raptors because Canada was this foreign land and that team was so far away. They they relied on Europeans heavily. Uh, Rosh, Rosh Nesterovic comes to mind. 
Uh, Jorge Garbajosa was a Raptor for a little while before he popped his knee. And in those early days, they had to pull in a few European players to round out their roster because they struggled to get to get Americans. Did they draft JV, Valanchunas? Yes. Valanchunas, a good example. Thank you. But even outside of Europe as well, like Boucher. Well, Boucher, I guess, is local. But like some of the, I feel like they've found... Pa- Pascal's not European. Right. He's there got African go. roots. He's from Cameroon. Yep. But they've always leaned heavy internationally. Um, yeah, like they've, they've really relied on that. Remember when they signed Hito Turkoglu, right? That was a oh, huge yeah. get for yeah. the Raps. That was a huge get, yeah. right? Didn't last long, and it, it didn't go well for anybody, right? I mean, Hito's probably still getting paid. But <laughs> but Hito's wife, in the tour of Toronto, loved that there was like a little turkey yeah. there, right? They, she sure. loved that there was some of her country people there and had some community there. And that's why he ended up signing, right? Like, so they've long had a history. So for them to go in a European direction, uh, another candidate for this job was a former uh, Raps assistant coach. I'm I'm not going to name drop him because I, I could look it up, but I'm not going to do that. But there was an assistant coach who's now head coach in Spain. He was a Raptors assistant coach for all Sergio something. And they, they could have done that too, but they went in a different direction. So the Raps are keeping it European as we are tonight on the sports class. And it's neat, man. I like it. No, it's really cool. Um, I love that they went there and took a chance. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's atypical to what happens in some some other professional sports where you just kind of recycle and have this incestuous relationship with a lot of coaches, which we'll talk about another time. But it does later. also happen in the NBA. True. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm sure Doc Rivers will take his year off and then he'll get, get a job somewhere else. Probably a great job. <laughs> and with that, let's take a break. Jumping into the NHL, JC, we saw the the Vegas Golden Knights get crowned as NHL champions champions in their sixth year of existence. We were talking the celebrations with the Nuggets. Not a bad place to do some celebrating, Las Vegas. I would <laughs> guesstimate I've never been, but probably not a bad place to be to to uh, to carry on a little bit, as my dad would say. I'm sure the party just kept going. I, I think it's probably still going now. <laughs> I think it's still going. Yeah, days later. Yeah, and the way they did it, too. 9-3 in Game 5. Very similar here. Like, Denver, five games, gentlemen sweep. Vegas, five games, gentlemen sweep. A one seed and an eight seed, I think, more Mm -hmm. or less. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Neither of the Miami teams get the rings. That's tough. Tough for Miami, but, you know, it is Miami. They got lots of things. They got messy. Yeah. It's fine. They got got messy coming. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) They're printing their own money. July 21st, Messi's expected to play. Nice. About a month out. Let's go. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the NHL Finals. You're happy the Golden Knights won this? You've, what are you, you anything? Anything? Yeah. I picked Florida, you know. We both picked Florida. It was kind of a, I don't know, it's like a win-win in some certain respects for me. Like, I like that they, like you said, they're six years old. They've been there before, and then to get it done this time, they're, you know, they've always been kind of this team of misfits as often a lot of these kind of teams under the expansion era kind of geist you know like they've only been in like 
in existence, like you said, for six years. But made the NHL finals in their second year, where Which they lost, wild. where they when they lost to your Washington Caps. That's right. Right, and Ovi celebrations after. Yeah. So it's cool. That's it. They have a lot of different players, but one of the players that has been there the whole time and was the Con Smythe winner was Marchessa. Your boy. Yeah. First undrafted wow. Con Smythe winner ever as playoff MVP. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Original Golden Knight, and I remember in the first, I think, year, definitely first year, maybe first two year, Marchessault used to drive around in, I think it was... Um, I think it was a Lambo with some sort of sports car. Let's say sports car. And it had a Golden Knights, big Golden Knights logo on the side, like a total <laughs> like company promo car. That yeah. was like his that was like his daily driver. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that, that was a, in fact a company car? You think someone was Yeah, like, I think hey. like a dealership, like as a when they were starting the team, just like threw a big, big, big colorful <laughs> logo on the side of like a Corvette or something. Yeah. And they were like, hey, do you want to drive, you know, like, here's a free car, like, do a little commercial for us or something. And and he drove and he drove it. He'd pull into the parking lot. Big, <laughs> ostentatious, yeah, <laughs> no subtlety, big logo on the side. Oh, yeah, I'll send, I'll send you the picture later. Yeah, that was his daily driver for, like, the first year, maybe the second. I love that. Just, yeah. like, put the wrap on it. I don't care. It's free. Sure, let's go. He's probably pulling up to, to red lights and people like, hey, hey, uh. Are the gold, is that the hockey team? And he's in his French Canadian accent. He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> they they're playing now." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, cool. You work for the team?" He's like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Just to see that whole process all the way through, like that's so really cool. Um, they were saying Bill Foley, the owner, was his when he bought the team, got the team. He said, "We're gonna we're the, the aim is to win a title in six years." Yeah, and he did it in a six year. There he was, is holding up the cup there on on the ice. I gotta tell you, as a as a long suffering Vancouver Canucks fan for all my forty years, this does put a bit of a wrinkle in my spine watching this team come in and win it this quickly when. You know, people in this area where we reside right now, they're you know they've been waiting for the Canucks to to get one of these, and it's not going to happen. And as I enter the the back nine of my life, as stated previously, is it going to happen? And is my local hockey club going to win one of these in my lifetime? If I had to bet on it, I doubt it. It's not guaranteed. They haven't it, done it. It's no, it's not. It's far from guaranteed, JC. I, yeah, it's unlikely. I know. As someone who's had a bunch of six-year plans go sideways, I wouldn't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm not. And I'm not. And there they are. They won it all. A couple of little notes as we carry on. Like, Mark Stone, kind of cool. Like, if you're a Mark Stone fan, I remember when he was in Ottawa, like, never really. A Mark Stone lasting thing is, like, a very, like, novice, like I say, fan I all, all the time. Didn't he have like a weird thing with his visor when he was in Ottawa? Like he kind of like tilted his helmet a certain way. I don't know. I always remember that about Mark Stone, but I think he keeps the visor riding high, riding it a rides bit high. Dirty, yeah. But he also just he looks like a hockey player. Does he ever? And then like his name is Mark Stone. Like it just it all fits. <laughs> Two syllables. Bop, like, bop. Yeah, like it's just hilarious. It's just like here we're gonna award the trophy to your team captain, Mark Stone, who's like an avatar of a hockey player. So, but it was cool. Credit to him. He played well. Aiden Hill. Of Comox? Yeah. Sort of. He's got some local ties. He's the sort goalkeeper. Of. Saw a cool stat where he was the first 
to win more than 10 games and not play in the first series, the first goalkeeper to do so. I think he won 11 total. It's interesting that Aiden Hill of Comox, uh, he played most of his minor hockey and junior hockey in Calgary, apparently. He's not... Comox is about 18 minutes from Black Creek. Yep. South, 18 minutes south from Black Creek. Spent a little bit of time in Comox in my formative years. Not going to talk about it on the pod. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Nice town, though. Go to Kai Bay. If you haven't been to Kai Bay, K-Y-E, go to Kai Bay. Beautiful beach. Nice. Um, again, Aiden Hill, the uh, the starting goaltender of the of the Knights, apparently born and spent the first five or six years of his life, but mostly a Comox kid. Other side of the ice, our guy Kachuk. Wait, Jack Eichel wins the title. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Eichel after a rough Buffalo. ride, a rough ride in Buffalo, a rough hit from Kachuk early in the series. Mm-hmm. Still, oh yeah, a really rough hit. Yeah, good point. I think he had over twenty points throughout the playoffs. I think it was like twenty-one or so. Twenty-two. Played maybe. really well. Yeah, played really well. Really cool to see that come through for for him. I remember him being a high draft pick for the Sabers, mm-hmm. and there's a lot. You know, didn't go as he wanted. So it's cool to, like we said, team of misfits lands has success. I wanted to say on the other Are side, the Seattle Kraken next. Hey, made the playoffs this year. Did well, won around. Anything is possible. Beat the defending champs, yeah. Again, yeah. They, I'd take them over the their chances over the bloody Canucks for sure. <laughs> for sure. I see a theme. <laughs> the yeah, depression, <laughs> sports pain, man. It's real. It is real. It's real. Well, hopefully, that sports pain will fade with the Canucks. Uh... I want to say one quick thing. We talked about you and your kids watching the NBA Finals trophy yes. come out. The Larry OB come out. I just want to say, and, and in the same breath, something is elicited within my soul when the Stanley Cup comes out. I like watching a little bit of the ceremony. Yeah. The Stanley Cup, something about it, when it comes out, I, A, I have to see it, even if I have no vested interest, like in this series. I yeah. have to see it. And I got to admit, man, like the stories, the I don't stay right till the bitter end, but I want the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And um, Mark Stone raising the cup and the the sheer elation in his face and the pure joy. You know, I might be a bit of a hokey Canadian, but there's something about I had goosebumps. And there's a there's a part every year, every year, and it happened the other night when, when Vegas won the cup. There's a part when I'm borderline misty. I'm getting uh, it's getting I'm getting a little misty. Somebody's cutting onions in there. It's close. I'm not crying, you're crying. It's getting close. Mm-hmm. It's getting close. It's not quite there, but it's we're on that trajectory. Something about the cup and the size of it and the way the players parade around with it, which is a little bit different from the other trophies, sort of. It's um, you know, they do the laps, they show the parents, they do the interviews, they talk about their loved ones, their teammates along the way. I must admit, I like that, and it gets me gets me in my feelings. I feel you know it's cool, like you said, like doing doing the laps is always interesting, and that you know the commentators often, and I know in the past when I've seen it, they're sitting there saying like, "Oh, this guy, you know, he yeah. quick synopsis of his story, yeah, kind of storyline has his moment in the yeah. sun, so to speak, and then passes it off to Excellent. another guy. Same thing, not a light trophy." No, After you can all that you work. can tell. Yeah, you can tell the shoulders are burning when those guys are lifting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Phil Gess- Phil Kessel was going to topple backwards when he lifted it up. <laughs> oh man, Phil Kessel! I feel like we could do a whole pod on Phil Kessel. By the way, Phil the Thrill, his yeah. third title, loves a hot dog. <laughs> he looks like it. He does. Wisconsin guy. That's awesome. Anyway, 
again, a little bit of bitterness coming from a long-suffering Canadian hockey fan, but good for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I mean, they're the they clearly deserved it. They were the best team during yeah. this playoff stretch. Edmonton Oilers gave them their closest series. Matthew Kachuk out there playing with a broken sternum. Interesting. Whew. I can't imagine. I can't fathom. That is like we do joke in other sports and talk about like hockey tough guys like just taking Aaron shots Ekblad in the had leg. Aaron Ekblad, the one of the key Panthers defensemen, same thing, had like a shoulder, a knee, and a hip all needing surgery. Undisclosed. Or some shit. Yeah. Undisclosed lower body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. They they put up with a lot and deal with a lot and end up with not a lot of teeth and they get it done, man. That's awesome. Want to do some quick hits real quick? The Senators, Ottawa Senators, they sold for around a billy. Mm. Ryan a, Reynolds is he the buyer? No, it wasn't actually. It Snoop, wasn't him. Snoop Dogg's posse rumored to be in on that. His his collective. The main guy has an affiliation with the Canadian, with uh, Montreal. Really? So yeah, so he has like ten percent interest or sorry, ten percent um, ownership there. So he's got to divi- uh, divest. I can't speak now. He's gonna have to divest from his Montreal role hmm. for this Ottawa piece. So that's kind of interesting. But I did the math. It's about 62.5% of a Lionel Messi is what he paid for it. Really? For a whole organization? <laughs> for a whole organization. The whole kit and caboodle. Messi's crazy. It's crazy. Messi stuff is crazy. <laughs> we just keep coming back to it. Also, I just wanted to talk about um, this kind of a general note. Earlier we talked about Darko. Uh, the Serbian coach that the Raptors have hired. He's a new new guy, new to the role. But I always feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times in hockey, you see a lot of familiar faces in new places. Yeah, big recycling of coaches and GMs. Right. Like La Violette is now going to the Rangers. Kyle Dubas leads Toronto, leaves Toronto and goes to Pittsburgh. Do you feel that that's accurate is it a situation where like hockey there's a small pool of talent or there's like kind of a boys club or whatever you want to call it and i think they're less likely less likely to go outside sort of the circle you're right there's a big recycling of all the coaches and and the gms like i said and yeah they're a little less likely than the other sports i feel right like there's rarely rarely do those first time head coaches happen too often and be do well often you know like it's usually the same guys moving through like laviolette just hired by the rangers that's what his fourth or fifth big big team he's now the coach of and yeah yo. philly washington yeah i'm, I heard... mad, I'm not at, mad at him chasing the check but mm. you know he's working his way down the eastern seaboard <laughs> it's true it's true i just had some breaking news come across my desk by mm. the way that mm. the uh the North Island Wildmen have Harold, uh, hired Daryl Sutter to be their coach next year. He's he's still looking for work, and you guys <laughs> took him up on it. Yeah, we, we're looking for a coach for sure. I don't think it's a good match though. It's might be a programmatic non-fit. <laughs> I feel like uh, he wouldn't put up the shenanigans. He wouldn't put up with the pre pregame Montanas. He wouldn't put up with the pregame Montanas, <laughs> riblets and beers. <laughs> uh, keeping it moving. I want to fix hockey. Okay, give me your idea. You know how the NFL has the Red Zone channel? You familiar with this? Yes. Power Play channel. Mm. I'm not the first to think this. I realize that. Mm-hmm. And so I know what, when games are tight and there's five minutes left, we can just switch over and watch the end, or what? So what you what you're doing with this uh, Power Play channel is I envision it. Mm. Got a channel. You go from Power Play to Power Play. 
So you don't have much context in the game. I didn't know Pierce would hate this. Oh, and I, I could see. see the look on your face. Oh, I see. So you're getting the juicy bits. You're getting the best parts, so to speak, from yeah. a novice, but someone power ADHD, plays. ADHD like me. Yeah, you're getting power plays, and you're getting maybe there's like a tough, like a East Coast game. And you're on the West Coast, and it's mm-hmm. like coming down to the end. Maybe it's a like overtime game. You're getting snippets of that, and then like you're that. shooting across to like, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Red Wings power play against Chicago. And you get the two minutes of that. It's a good. Go it's a good. It's a good idea, JC. I think that there's too many power plays in the scope of a game that the power. Mm. The, I don't think the power plays have the draw. However, where I like your point is, tight games down to the end, overtimes, shootouts. Yep. I think that's. I think that's where where it would really do well. Coast to coast, you're showing all those different really pivotal moments in a game Mm -hmm. as you can try to predict them i mean you never know it could be you know a team could go 0 for 4 in the power play in a night and it's it's not great watching but Mm -hmm. you're kind of high grading it let's say get into those those moments that might lead to goals and and moments that are really fun to watch i've had this idea in baseball just to take it to another sport for a second i'd like I'd like a sort of a red zone app or an or an alert on my phone that tells me when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is about to come up to the dish. Oh, nice. So I can flip over and watch it or find a TV and watch it or at least know that he's coming up. And you could dial that in. You could dial your alerts in to your preferences, you know? I think that's cool. And I feel like there's a technology to do it. And I think it would totally makes sense with baseball as well. Because just the pacing of baseball, we'll talk about this, I think, more next week even. But just how baseball is laid out and the more or less predictability as far as like people coming up in the lineup in the yeah. order. Yeah. I think it could be cool. And I like you, like you but said. But that's the cool thing about baseball is you can tune in and out and, yep. still, and still get something out of it and enjoy it, right? Yeah. So if you could sort of dial in your again your sort of uh, specifications all of a sudden maybe more people are interested in baseball or you're skipping some of the stuff that is not interesting to you and you can dial into your team in the ninth inning being tied or or the people that you want to see hit like Vladdy Jr. Uh, or Bo Bichette or Bo Bichette with his amazing flow (laughs) (laughs) yeah Bo Bichette's flow (laughs) Do you want to talk a quick bit of tennis? Give me a little bit of tennis. Give me, the, give me, set the table post-French. First question off the hop, if I may be so bold. Another Serbian. Yeah. Novak. Yeah. The cheese god. <laughs> he wins also his, a tennis god, yeah. He wins his 23rd. Yep. He wins his 23rd. Major is what they'll say, yeah. Another, another French Open sliding around the courts <laughs> in Paris on the orange clay. Yeah. Real simple, straightforward, basic question: Is he the goat? Is he your goat? Now you're wearing a wonderful Arthur Ashe shirt tonight. It's it's great. Thank you. How do you feel about Novak? He's the goat. Mm. If I had to say it, I'd say it. He's the goat. Wow. And I'm a Rafa fan, Stan, wow. whatever you want to call me. Big Rafa fan over here. Rafa's not infallible. There's some things about Rafa that I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I love Federer being super swaggy. I love that aspect. Federer is the most fun to watch mm-hmm. as far as the three and the, the goat conversation. Mm-hmm. As a novice tennis fan, I'd probably lean towards Roger if I had my druthers, but that's just my opinion. Just 
an elegant athlete. The way Agreed. he moves, the one hand backhand just looks so good. He just always looks cool, like unfazed. There's this kind of running joke about Federer. Like Rafa looks like work. Like it always just looks like toil, yes. suffering, yes. sweat, all of that. I get that. Roger doesn't sweat. Yeah. He always looks like he's ready for a photo shoot. Like he's mm-hmm. out there, he's got his little headband. Like collared shirt, yeah, pops and like just looking good, just smooth, just hitting the ball. Like mm-hmm. everything just looks so coordinated and and beautiful, and flowy. And um, so Roger's the most aesthetically pleasing, but I think Djokovic for just getting it done. So mm-hmm. yes, I would have to say that. And you know what? This isn't. I don't think this is his last one. I think before it's done, he's got a couple more Grand Slams in him. He might get twenty five, twenty six. Damn, that's what I'd say. He's thirty six ish. I believe. Young. And he takes care of himself. He takes really good care of himself. And I think he knows how to get to that level when he needs to. So I think he's got two, three, four left. Wow. Okay. Okay. What's next on the tennis circuit? So I want to say before we move on to what's next, and that's a great question, and it's an interesting part of the year, Djokovic with that win at the French moves back to number one. And this is really an interesting moment in the, the tennis calendar and a pivotal point of the year because he didn't have to defend his points last year the way it's structured. I won't get into all the fine details, but basically he's set up that he's in the pole position to finish the year number one. Because he didn't participate in any of the North American events last year because of his lack of vaccination. Mm-hmm. No vax, as some people call him. Hey, now. Lack of acts. <laughs> he uh, is in a really great situation where he doesn't have any points to defend, whereas Alcaraz won the U.S. Open last year, did really well. Wimbledon did not count last year because the Russians and Belarusians did not participate, so they had this kind of clause or whatever that the points didn't translate. So Djokovic is the favorite at Wimbledon. He won it last year. He's won several. I think he's won the most ever of anyone. Yeah. yeah. He loves it on grass, which I'm going to talk about in a moment. So I think that he is really, that's why I think he, he has a chance at the calendar slam, as they call it. Australian, French, Wimbledon, oh, crazy U.S. Open. A couple years ago, he got to the U.S. Open final. Medvedev beat him. He just kind of ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. This might be the year he can get it done. Speaking of grass, that's where we're at right now. It's grass court season, baby. Mm. Speaking of which, Milos Rajonic, who is a fellow Canadian. Yeah. He's back after two years, hadn't played any, had some bad injuries. I forgot about Milos. Yeah, he uh, he won the other day against... Sorry, you're speaking of grass because Milos loves the grass? He's a he grass guy? He loves the grass. He's oh, had okay. lots of success at Wimbledon in the past. He was mm. a former world number three, kind of on the back of his grass court success. I see. And it's cool that he's popped up. The grass court season is really short. I remember him at Wimbledon now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Big serve, huge serve. Yeah. Like hits, I don't know, 220, 230 sure. KMs. Uh, one one forty ish, one high one thirties uh, miles per hour, and he's kind of like a very stoic figure too. He's not like yeah. one. Yeah. He's kind of a big guy, just kind of going around. Um, but anyway, hope to see him shine and do some things. I, everybody loves the comeback story. And same regards, uh, Nick Kyrgios, your favorite guy, is back, yeah. the Aussie. Yeah, and uh, he had a bad outing the other day. He lost on grass, but grass, you know, last year. Semi-final, excuse me, final. He lost to the final in Djokovic, with the Djokovic in the in the Wimbledon final. So, that's coming up. Wimbledon's coming up in June. 
It's coming up end of the month, beginning of July. It'll cross over. It's a two-week tournament. So it's coming up in a couple of weeks. It'll be here before we know it. So, And then it's gone, and then we're on the hard court. It's just the grass court season's brief. And the season swings. Yeah, man. Welcome back to the Sports Glass with Justin Jamal. Going to do a little Q&A and J&J, trying something a bit different today. We're doing some hypotheticals. We've talked about it before, but we're actually going to do it now. And I think Justin has a sponsor for us. Q&A with J&J brought to you by calamari when ordered at a restaurant. <laughs> Where's all the tentacles? Why are you giving me these O-rings? I want tentacles. <laughs> I need tentacles. Calamari. Great idea to get a plate of these little circular issues. I'm not into it. No? No. Lemon squeeze? Well, dip? It's fine, I, but I need tentacles. <laughs> Got it. I need tentacles and a little tzatziki. Authentic article. I get it. Well, I need authenticals. A... So, <laughs> oh, authenticals. <laughs> Here's the question tonight. Okay. You want a prize. The prize has two options. You can either you can choose either, but not both. The first option is a year in Europe with a monthly stipend of two thousand mm. dollars. The second option is ten minutes on the moon. Europe. Yeah. I go Europe. You know, it's the, been a European episode. That's just interesting it's, it's turned out that way for Q&A. It's on theme. I think that the moon... Think of the calamari, JC. <laughs> I'm sure Portugal's got a great calamari. Oh, I bet. Some go on, please. music, too. <laughs> go on. The moon, 10 minutes, amazing. Not many people have done it. Wow. But what are we looking at here? Some rocks? <laughs> Europe, I can go around. I get to train, so go to different places, taste different things, mm-hmm. speak different languages, meet some different people. Yeah, got that stipend in my pocket. Yeah, not living too rough. I love it. I go Europe. You? What about you? Europe? I think I go Europe too. Yeah, I think I go Europe too. Nice. <laughs> give me the give me the two thousand on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Your buddy's no good here, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think I go Europe. That sounds like a nice time. That sounds like a nice. That sounds like a nice year. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get you through. That'll get you through, for sure. And that brings us to the end of episode seventeen of the Sports Gloss. Thanks so much for joining us. I had a pal mention that uh, him and his partner were heading into the interior BC, and and he flipped us on for some of the road trip. And and what a cool thought as we head into summer that. Some of you wonderful people out there might be uh, enjoying our voices in your car as you drive, and it's super cool, and and we really, really, really appreciate that, JC. What do we say here on the Sports Gloss? Survive in advance. Find us on Instagram at the Sports Gloss. Thanks so much for listening. See you later. Peace.